Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Hancock. 24 hours of Dubai on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the evening session. Darkness has fallen here. The rain has just about stayed away. And we are just a few minutes away from the start of the 90-minute evening practice session. Thank you for your company, wherever you are in the world. Nick Damon is alongside me. And... Good evening, Nick. I better turn your mic on, hadn't I? Yeah. How cold and how damp did it get out there? Uh, my guess is it's going to get reasonably cold. Um, it'll drop down to about 15, 14, 15. Um, the humidity was very high, and that obviously makes it feel close and actually a bit warmer. The real question is how much, if at all, it's going to rain. Because we've had spots and spits. Um, we were chatting to Sammy Mutron, the, uh, the local driver. Well, he lives in the Lebanon, he races a lot in Dubai. And of course, you remember him from the Mutrans, who were the champions of the Coventic Series a few years ago. Uh, not racing this week. He's uh, looking to put forward a deal with a major manufacturer for the rest of the year. But he said that the thing about raining in Dubai is, yes, if it rains, it's biblical. But saying it's going to rain in Dubai is a bit like saying it's going to rain in London. Because it mm. might rain in Hammersmith, but it's not actually raining in uh, Shoreditch. So... There's a possibility that downtown Dubai will be soaked and we'll get nothing. That downtown Dubai will be soaked and we'll get nothing, or vice versa. Or when it's rained and, and turn six and seven were absolutely horrible. Um, you could have made money renting out, um, renting out bits and pieces to uh, rent out a rowing board, actually, yeah. uh, down there. No uh, doubt about it. What Sammy also said, he said that if, it, if we do get a wet race, after about four hours, that'll be it because there'll be no drainage. Yeah. So the, he reckons you can, you can rain for four hours reasonably hard here before you start having to think about red flags. But it's all, it's marvellously ifs and buts. It's, it's, it's fantastic, just like rain in the UK. You never know when you're going to get it, where it's going to fall. Though the major point about uh, rain within Dubai is it's blinking hard when it turns up. You don't just get a little shower, do you? Is that no. what you're saying? No, it's, it's effectively, it's, it's like those amusing jokes where someone's holding the end of a pipe and they let go and when the person's looking into it. You're either soaked or you're dry. There's nothing in between. Um, very interesting qualifying session. You were down mm. in the pit lane for that. Uh, I, I thought it was fairly a fairly sort of phlegmatic look to what was going on in, in terms of um, Maro Engel and the guys at the front of the field. Yeah. I think, I think those who are used to following our coverage of the Dubai uh, 24 hours, it's the eighth time we've been here, by the way, John. It's eighth. Eighth time for us. It's the 15th running of the race. Mm. Um, the days of 101 entries are gone, and we now have a much more Probably just entry. as well. What, what is it, 79, I think? I, I, I haven't got the... It's, it's you know, down significantly. But what happens is you've got that concentration of, of raw talent at the front. Almost, in a way, that's been... I suppose, underlined by Creventic's name change. They've, they're not running around A6AM and A6PREM. Well, they've mm. said what it is. It's GT3. So they've embraced the nomenclature that the whole world uses. With GT3 Pro, GT3AM, he has some exceptionally strong 
GT3 drivers and GT3 teams. All the, the works manufacturers sent their, their specialist drivers, Porsche, uh, Audi, Mercedes, have all spent their, their team drivers out to join up with various of the teams. And what we saw was, in this strange situation with the races, it's also very unbalanced. The GT race is about 50 cars and the, uh, the TC race is 19 cars. We yeah, cool, sorry. And uh, so the, the concentration of action within the uh, qualifying situation was the, actually the first time ever, the, uh, probably the only time in the, the entire week, the, uh, G, the TCE cars, the, the TCRs and the sport and the saloon cars actually got some clear track. But once again, the GT Top cars didn't because there's still 60 cars going around. So that's Nick Dearman. It'll be Joe Bradley in the pit lane uh, for the first part of the session. And then it will be... Uh, it will be... Bruce Jones, who'll take over after that. And that will be the hour and a half. Johnny Palmer will be popping in halfway through this one. So we've got two halves, 45 minutes each way, if Same you will. Change ends in a, in a bit of a slice of orange. Yes, absolutely right. Nighttime practice coming up live on the Radio Show Limited network of channels and in Sound and Vision too. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Night Practice. Those of you just joining us uh, here on the video stream as well. We've had a packed day of action with a couple of formula races, three formula races now, and, of course, practice and qualifying. Let's go straight down to the pit lane where Joe Bradley is waiting for us. Good evening, Joseph. Hi, guys. That's already, Hi, guys. That's already lit the pit lane to get on with this nighttime practice session. Just hearing you guys speculate about the rain, that is a prematurely dark sky. It's been spitting, as a certain northern comic from the UK would say, and it's kind of struggling. You can feel the density of the, of the cloud cover is beginning to increase, and I'm not going to be surprised, hence the old rain protection. Uh, I'm still in shorts, though, because <laughs> it's still very warm. It's a kind of a, it's kind of a funny feeling. The, the, the air is thick. There's definitely going to be rain before this night practice session's out. And I'm sure, considering the, uh, the weather forecast for the race, these guys will want to run on the wet tyres and just find out what this circuit... And where the grip is, of course. Where's the grip and the wet at the Dubai Autodrome? Nobody knows that. Yeah, it's a fair point. Well made, Joe Bradley down there in the pit lane. Starting off a brand new season and a brand new year here at the Hankook 24 Hours. And the calendar for 2020 for the 24-hour series Europe continents and of course the standalone TCR 500 race that made its debut last year was uh, very successful too has a little bit of a different look we start off as we have to do here this weekend for the 24 hours here in Dubai and then we whiz across to say hello or ciao bella monza 27th and 28th of March, we'll be at that iconic Italian circuit. Can't wait for that one. Third of the big races of the year in the first weekend of May will be the TCR Spa 500 and the 12 hours of Spa. Separate races, potentially somewhere near 35, 36 hours of race action. So that's a weekend to put in your diary straight away. The 24 hours of Portimao is the same weekend as the Le Mans 24 uh, down in the circuit of the Algarve. Lovely place to go in June. Get a bit of sunshine on your back there. Paul Ricard 
back on the calendar this year for a one-day event at the Le Castellet circuit just off the south course of France and that's then leading into our final European event of the year which is the now traditional early September date first weekend in September for the Barcelona 24 hours well that would normally be the last European round but we've added in October the 9th and 10th the 12 hours of Imola back to that classics only only the Italians can do shabby chic the way Im Imola is it's a lovely circuit and then we round off the championship of the continents with the 24 hours of quarter Austin Texas 13th 14th and 15th of November that takes us through the calendar for you with some fantastic venues on there starting here in January events in March May June July September October and November is that finale at the 24 hours of quarter USA and looks what, pretty good I mean it's a nice balanced calendar what all those tracks have in common all Formula One tracks all grade one tracks oh great right they aren't actually obviously there's gonna be no Grand Prix in Dubai no Grand Prix in Porto Mao but they are all grade one testing circuits. So they have a very high, they, certainly Creventic have chosen some high profile tracks. An interesting turn, any time you go to Imola is a great time to go to Imola. Mm. And your description of Shabby Chic is correct because if you come down the hill into the, into the two uh, uh, Rivazza turns, you'll normally see someone who's got their washing out. Uh, let's go down to the pit lane, Joe Bradley. Uh, caught me off guard a bit there. <laughs> I was just doing a bit of investigating work on the uh, new bridge, Aston Martin, car 471. We're going to get a comment from the team in a moment, but this car did not qualify, and I'm going to find out. I'm intrigued as to why, because uh, we've got our old friend Ricky Coomber down Can on the driving I'll tell you what's up. the matter with it now, Joe. It hasn't got what? a driver in it, and it's not sitting on its wheels. I can this see that from here. This is the story. You're very astute. Nigel Verdonk. Rodrigue Guillon, who we're well aware of, Ricky Coomer, uh, uh, South African driver Hill, and South African driver surname Stephen. Five drivers down to drive this car, and it didn't qualify. So we need to find out why, and I think there's a bit of a story there. So I'll get back to you when I've got it. Thank you very much indeed, Joe Bradley, that pristine white Aston Martin. One of the reasons it, isn't, it may not be on the ground is because they delayed the start of night practice until quarter past. So that's starting at quarter past. Interestingly, if you're looking, you can see that some of the cars which were waiting in the pit, they have now peeled off the right because they've gone to the fuel station. Ten pumps, I counted them myself. Oh, right. And so far, they're all working, we believe. We haven't had any information they're not. So there's ten pumps for the entire field. Um, a lot of cars did trundle down to the end of the pit lane thinking we were going to have a six o'clock start, which was... Which was let's say optimistic, given the fact that Formula 3 race hadn't actually finished at six o'clock. Mm. And there has been a very... very um, Wise decision to delay the car yep. and start to a quarter past Well, six. And th there was a bit of clean-up to do after Formula 3, which was far more exciting than Formula 3 has a right to be normally. Uh, Jim Mooney Racing tuned in at uh, RSL underscore studio. Use RSL 24H this weekend as your hashtag, please. Jim Mooney saying, uh, no, no happier sight than the 24-hour series curtain raiser in the form of the awesome 24 hours of Dubai. And uh, some kind comments about the team talking about it as well. Let the 2020 season commence. I well, don't that disagree. Oh, that massive off-season. <laughs> <laughs> barely, got, barely got time to, to 
paint a fence. <laughs> is that what you do in off season? You just well, go around the fence. That's what you're supposed to do. I didn't have time to do that. It's by Tom the Sawyer, is it? By the, by the time I'd had our management retreat and uh, and you know helped the responsible adult write a whole load of po- uh, uh, proposals so that we've got the opportunity to do more motor racing did, this did year. Did you do trust exercises? Did you fall backwards into her arms? And always. That sort of thing? Yes, I always do that. Yeah. Fell backwards into her arms helped by several gins. Well, I was going to say the answer to most things like that is <laughs> only after four pints of Vox Samson. How regional of you. Yes. <laughs> I'd say London Pride. Oh, all right. Actually, double maxim probably. You could yeah. still get that. I don't think Samson's still available. Uh, so we're on a slight hold at the moment for the commencement of night practice, uh, which that's going to throw our dinner plans into uh, issue. Nah, it's, they'll keep it open for us. Do you think so? Oh, yes. I it's, hope it's, so. Yeah, I mean, I think, the, 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 the oddly, the, the question, normally night practice is a really nice, relaxing time. The, the cars will turn laps and they'll qualify their drivers and they'll, they'll carry on working on the setups. Don't forget that uh, whilst we've only begun broadcast today, that most of the cars are taking part in many, many long sessions yesterday, three or four hours, I think two sets of that and a session this morning before the uh, qualifying but the question we keep trailing it but once rain turns up that's going to throw a huge spanner in the works it's not going to rain it's not going to rain so well normally i want to disagree with you because all the weather forecasts saying it is going to rain we have local knowledge it could rain next door and not here but the fact is that when it does start to rain they're saying that could well happen for many many hours and then we're talking about drainage. And it's so people who also didn't think it was going to rain were Han Kook, who didn't actually bring any wet tyres in their container and had to go and set ship, well, fly a hot, huge set out, which apparently resulted in the amusing situation of a man hawking tyres down the pit lane yesterday. Well, we've got a quick moment for those of you on the TV stream at the moment. We've got some new people to welcome for 2020. And uh, it's a big signing for Creventic. It's Rebellion. So, whilst our TV audience are watching that... Right, Nick, what have we got then? Uh, We have a number of drivers chomping at the bit to try and prove that uh, qualifying was an anathema and actually when you get to race trim, they are the best. Mm. And it's and there are the, the depth in, the, in some of these teams is is remarkable. You, you're looking for a num- I'd say five or six teams. You can go straight through the thing. It's not even half a weak link. Mm-hmm. And others have got a, a guy who think, oh, he's a little bit slower, but he's only got to drive for two hours and therefore probably won't affect things too much. So the pro teams are all looking particularly strong. Um, and I think you know it's interesting. We've got you know some new cars from Mercedes. We've got Evo cars from is, did Audi update? Audi updated last year, didn't they? 2019. Uh, yes. and so you've got the new Mercedes. Um, there's also uh, new Lamborghinis, of course. They've got the, you've seen the Leipert machine. Well, it's got a, got a fin on it now. Um, so there's a little bit of upgrading, a little bit of um, development. Um, racing, teams who don't race within this series are obviously coming slightly colder. They come from one of the other uh, G2 series because the Hankook tyre is a, an unknown for them, or at least a once a year known, because they probably do tend to come here. And we have all the usual, all the usual features, all the usual um, runners and riders, including, of course, the Black Falcon team, who, with uh, Khaled Alcabezi, who kind of really put this race on the map locally. Though we have, of course, the Saudi Black Falcon team aren't here this year, um, with Abdulaziz Al Faisal. So he is, so Khaled is, is leading the uh, the charge just, for just the local Saudi drivers. Falcons, actually. Is it? Yeah. Oh, they're green. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely right. So, just a minute or so before we'll be getting underway. So, celebrating our 
new timekeeper, Rebellion Watches. And, and with, title sponsor. Probably. And uh, sponsor here. Yeah, time sponsor here. With, what, 90 seconds or so, actually, to go before 90 minutes of racing. If you are just joining us, expecting to see cars going around, apologies. But the F3, Asian F3 race, running a little... Uh, longer or at least needing a little more clear up and a couple of drivers being called to the headmaster's office as well uh, after that and that's why the very sensible decision has been made just to pause for a moment it looks to me like the barwell motorsport car is sitting at the at the head of the fast lane ready to get out into the pit lane itself off out of the pit lane itself onto this five and a half kilometer three and a half mile of thereabouts i'm rounding circuit stop this, it this is the car which won the uh barcelona race wasn't it, it? Gosh, that was, my race of the year for 2019 was the barcelona 24 hours it was an extraordinary race endurance racing has changed markedly, even in GT3. The cars are so reliable now, and the, the teams are so professional, and the strategy calls are so good that basically Herbeth and Barwell battled it out for 24 hours and three and a half minutes without being more than about 70 seconds apart, other than when they came in for their fuel. It was an extraordinary thing to witness, the intensity of that battle and how down to the last nth degree of performance, when do you use your quicker drivers? When do you use your gentleman drivers? What sort of consistency? How hard are you going to ask them to push? All of that stuff was being played out lap after lap, after traffic, after pit stop, after the whole thing. And eventually, Mark Lemmer's Barwell Motorsport team, who I think first came into the championship in 2019 at Mugello, and I spent a bit of time with Mark there, and he was very excited about the season. And good to see them come back yeah, and the, take a race win. And the interesting thing, of course, is we, we've seen uh, Lamborghinis on pole for a couple of years here. We've always been worried about their reliability as we finally get underway after 15 Spot minutes. On. Um, but that was a 24-hour race. The Lamborghini won not only at maximum attack the whole time, but incredibly hot conditions in Barcelona in, uh, in that time. So you, you kind of think perhaps Lamborghini have, have cured, that, cured that Achilles heel of actually being able to run uh, damage-free. Um, though, of course, one of their problems they're having, they've had here in the last couple of years is punctures, especially inside the left shoulder. So they've made, hopefully they've chosen the correct camber for the new version of the car. Um, but we get finally underway and we get to, we get to uh, hear the sound of the cars reverberating around the uh, Dubai Autodrome. The 101 Red Camel Cupra just off the track for a moment, going through the little chicane, the piff path on the way down to turn number six and seven trying to get out of the way of one of the gt3 cars i think going by it's uh, jeremy daniel who's driving that car at the moment he was out pretty early along with uh, a whole phalanx of gt3 cars it's very very dark in various parts of this circuit there, there are 
there, there is uh, additional lightning around the circuit, but it's mainly for things like Marshall's posts. And there's some very dark corners, particularly down at turn 10, which is at the end of the, I'll call it the back straight. And then the run up the hill to turn 12 is pretty murky as well. Made slightly worse this evening by the fact that we've got low clouds. Yes. And it has been overcast today. Temperature hovering around the mid to late 20s Celsius, when often here we've had it well over 30 degrees during qualifying. That certainly was the situation here last and, year. It was an absolute scorcher. And muggier here as well. It's yeah. been a, a muggy day, unsurprisingly, the crowd, the crowd cover, the cloud cover. But I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I think this is the point. There's, there's a point of getting cars out, certainly when you want to get your drivers out. You know, we're talking to a couple of teams who've had gentlemen drivers only done five or six laps in the entire time. They need to get out and do some nighttime driving. Uh, this race, of course, famously vies minute by minute with Sebring for having the longest dark period. It's normally like two minutes either side about what's Sebring, sorry, um, Daytona. It's two minutes either side about who has the, the 13 hours and 26 minutes or, th or 24 minutes. That's a good point, a huge actually. amount of dark. I haven't worked that out yet. I'll, and, I'll uh, do that before the weekend. The other thing is that if, once, if we do get rain, then you've got the spray, then you've got the glare and everything else that drivers need to get used to. But first of all, let's get some of your drivers who aren't experienced in the circuit or just shaking down the car, just run three or four laps in the dark, pick up their braking points, pick up their sighting areas, work out what it's like when you're trying to, to tra certainly slower cars, you're trying to traverse the lap with two massive LED lights shouting at you from behind. Well, and interestingly, there's a couple of C uh, series who uh, are talking about, and in fact going to implement um, regulations on lights, where they can point, how many you can have, that sort of thing for exactly that that reason, and I think that's really, really smart. Hello to Right Turn Lover, back in Europe, RTL. Since you were talking about Lamborghinis a moment or two ago, and where's Scuderia Praha and the Ferrari? That's a good question. Praha haven't been to Dubai for a couple of years. We've only had a couple of nightmare Dubais. They had one where the car got cut in half during practice, and then they had a second one where Matteo Melicelli had a, as one of the drivers had a bit of a moment. They end up getting banned for two races here. They didn't like it with a huge amount of traffic and they've walked away. However, in Europe, they've been all conquering. Meantime, Joe Bradley is following up on the Aston Martin GT4 from Newbridge Motorsport, the number 471. Sarah Rigby, among others, Joe, want to know what's going on. Well, I think we've gone to the answer and uh... I think it's down to this guy. Why do they call you Lucky Ricky? Yeah, not so lucky, I think. <laughs> no, I mean, um, Ricky Kuma, we, we are a familiar face in, in cars uh, in this series. We were very disappointed not to see the, this Aston Martin out in qualifying. Um, tell me, why did you guys not qualify? Uh, well, we haven't, it's not so much qualifying. We've done really no running at all. We've just had um, electrical glitch after glitch, really. Um, and we're just fault finding. So we're just waiting for a bit of feedback from ProDrive and uh, maybe some spare parts on, on the plane overnight, we hope. If not, it's uh, game over, we'll see. So. I, I believe that, um, I believe that the, the, they've identified exactly where the, the problem is and there's a new electrical loom, not a full loom, one of the many, many looms on this car that's making its way over on a plane overnight. Yeah, we're, we're hoping that what the foot, the issue, you know, the fault we found is the fault of what we had before. So, but we've just been chasing all the time. We've we've already obviously resolved a few issues, but then this one's cropped up as well. So, it seems to be like dominoes. So. 
Is it a is it a brand new car, Ricky? Has it had a shakedown at Terra? Yeah, it's brand new. Um, obviously, Aston Martin Pro Drive car. Um, it had a shakedown at uh, Silverstone, I, I believe, a couple of months ago, and in the container and straight here, but hasn't quite happened. So. It's got fairy tale story written all over it, hasn't it? If the thing comes tomorrow, the part it's fitted to the car. You guys start at the back, and that's all the rubbish over with. Yeah, it's either going to be a fairy tale or a nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know which one yet. <laughs> Thanks, Ricky. Everybody's got their fingers crossed across the world. We want to see this Aston out in the race tomorrow. Sorry, we want to see this Aston out in the race tomorrow. So do we, but yeah, that's what we're here for. So game on, isn't it? So that's it. Thanks, Ricky. Joe Bradley down in the pit lane with Ricky Kim. Lucky Ricky Kimber. Uh, yeah, no. Not, uh, there was a race recently, I can't remember which it was, when the Oakland race Sunday last year where he turned up and didn't drive the car because it expired way before they got going. Um, yeah, I mean, Ricky's obviously a, uh, a standout of, uh, of club racing in the UK. Marcus Winkelhoff cooking his way through traffic in the Audi R8 from Car Collection Motorsport. That's one of the new 2019 cars. He's uh, on the far side of the circuit from us at the moment and closing down into turn number 14 on a couple of the G uh, TCE runners rather including the number 101 the Cupra that we were talking about oh, early on we've just taken out one of the uh, polystyrene marker boards it's the first one to die today that's <laughs> very good I think that's the first one this week uh, this week Jeremy Daniel probably because he's unsighted by having his rear view mirror blinding him but so a lap of the circuit then across the start finish line marcus finkelhock in the number 88 car the front straight whilst it's pretty straight isn't flat you come downhill into turn one set the car up on the inside curb and then you can't get on the throttle straight away because it tightens up through two and three take a nice late apex through three to set it up for this little piff path chicane through four and five then there's the double of six and seven. You've got to think of those as one corner, really. Let the car breathe in the middle and then get that second apex of turn seven and eight into turn nine, which is, or eight and nine rather, which is the big, call it a horseshoe or a carousel. Yeah. Spoon curve. Yeah, very much so. Onto the back straight. Now you get a chance to settle yourself down, pull the belts tight check your gear juice maybe even talk to the team on the radio because you're not actually that far away from the back of the pits at that point in the circuit pick your breaking point for the slowest corner on the circuit the right hand at turn 10 and you can give up the exit on that corner because you've got to get turn 11 pretty good but you've got to haul it across to the left hand side of the circuit you're going uphill into 12 break late Super, super late apex through 12. And then a camber change right as you want it to get on the throttle. Got to be very careful with the right-hand pedal there. 13 is just a kink, and it's flat in pretty much everything. But you're setting yourself up for another spoon curve. A little bit of banking that helps you on the exit of turn number 14. But you've got to drag it back. Now, Vingelhock does what I like to do and drag it back sharply so that you can drive across the brow of the hill and he dives into the pits before he finishes the lap. But coming out of turn 14, Nick, we see a lot of, we've seen a lot of cars down through the years go wide out of 14 and then as they're hauling it back to the left-hand side of the road to set up for the very quick 15, which is 
leads into the final corner. You just go across the brow of the, of the hill and it's very easy to spin up and end up in the left-hand yeah, side, the inside I, wall. I'd like to see him do the lap again, not come into the pits, because he did do exactly say that. that, that, that it, the counterintuitive line, which is to come incredibly tight into 14, so you are yeah. losing speed on the exit of 14, but then you open up 50, because he was actually opening up 15 to make an easier entrance into the pits. And I think it is one but would of those... You, wouldn't you have thought if he, he, he'd been coming into the... You know, not doing his normal line, he would have stayed way wide out of 14 to the right-hand side and then and traced the inside line of 15 straight into the pit lane. My guess is you, you come tight and then you... you, you Open up He's 15, out of the car, by the way, and they, that way you're going to keep get a more representative amount uh, of heat in the tyres when you pull up the tyre technicians measure. Tyre technicians measure it, but I think, you know, I think it's been it was a, a good point to be made. I think it was, which Joe made earlier actually that there are there are many many different lines which are not incorrect. If that makes sense, this circuit does have doesn't have a single racing line on a number of the corners. Three or four options you can make for the best route through a selection of corners. Though I think it is quite sectional, as you say. There are elements where it's not one of these things where you, you make a mistake on corner three on your nine corners stuffed. It's very much a case of there's another section, you, you stop again, there's another section. So, you, you know, effectively, you've got a section really from five to nine, which is one section. But then you stop, you've got a straight, then you have to then get you know, 10, 11, 12, right? Then after 12, you've got that, you come out of 12, and you've got a, a sweep through to 14 to 15. And again, it's, you, know, you would think, you know, if you come onto the main straight, sweeping onto 16, there's, there is less action down the main straight than you think in this track. Got the Lotus Exige V6 Cup R from Lotus PP Racing back. Stefano Dasti, who's had that car here before. We like him. Oh, yes. He is very Italian. Yeah. And, In and a good way. No, fantastic. Oh, yeah, we love fantastic him. Fantastic guy. And he... he, he he has, uh, we've seen him a couple of times in Lotus. He tends to like Lotus in classic Lotus racing colours. Yeah, he, he, I, I must have not seen the car out on the track today. We've obviously lost a bit of wandering about time due to uh, uh, missile attacks and variously. But um, <laughs> sounds more dramatic than it was, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, last year they had them in classic uh, Jim Clark green and blue. He had two of them, in green and yellow. And he had one in the, um, the gold leaf colours yeah. as well. I think. From the only I've seen so far is all blacks. So it's probably not his car. It's well, I, no, I think it's, it's rather sort of JPS. Yeah, JPS. Looks great, absolutely great. And actually, you know, they were still developing that car as a as an endurance racer, weren't they? The first time they came here. Yeah, uh, they had a very they had a sterling qualifying last year, and then had a, a difficult start to the race, and then dropped away uh, very early. Did they get the spirit of the race last year? I think they did. For both the cars, because because I don't going. think they had both cars out any, any very one much. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's it's interesting because it, it, the Lotus again is not a car you look at as a car which you would think is a bastion of long distance reliability. But that V6 engine's a Toyota. Yeah, and I think that they again, if you work on it and you do the races, you've about oh, that bit breaks fine. We can we can beef that bit up. Well, that bit breaks, we beef that up. And and they've come back a year with with much better information. Interestingly, there was a post race press conference up when uh, Colin White from CWS who put it on pole with Janetta and he effectively said, look, we realise that qualifying is our strong point and the race historically has been a problem with reliability, but every year we fix more stuff and if it rains, it takes the stress off the yeah, car. Yeah, very much. So he was a lot more confident uh, this year than before. I think, you know, not even got a fast car, but we're, we're getting more reliable. Opportunity to have a little look over the shoulder of Larry Tenvoda in the Race Pro Motorsport Porsche. Didn't get into top gear down the back straight there. He was only in fifth. Something we'll have to keep an eye on in the number 996. All the Porsches, I think all the Porsches in the Cup class are Gen 2 cars. 
uh, this year, which I think is the first time that there yeah. hasn't been a Gen 1 car in there. Um, I, I haven't had a proper peruse through the entry list, so... Still a, a, a massively popular car, and, and helpfully for us, they've, they've, all the cars over 911 are actually in that class, so you've actually got... Uh, how many Gen? We've got one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 11 cars in, yeah. that, in that, including the car number you want, which is 996, 997, and 991. Those are obviously the key numbers you need. Yeah. Um, as those well, are the plus, you know, numbers. 904, 906. I'm not sure those cars are quite as quick. But, and, uh, and unlike in Cota, I don't think they're going to lay on a Porsche exhibition for you. No, that was very good. I like that, like that a lot. That was, there was a whole Porsche Atlanta day. We were there the following day, and they had um, they were doing track stuff. We also had the historics going around. Porsche, obviously, Porsche Atlanta no, is not the Atlanta, sorry Austin, Austin. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> Porsche Atlanta is where they've got their, their headquarters, though. If I'd only known, I, just, I had a feeling that, that I, oddly later on, I did, did think that the, the that, that, like, mid seventies brown one was quite interesting. I think I'm having, a, I think I'm going down the Porsche items, which is very worrying. And I'm fighting against it very hard. Well. If you want to buy a good one, I know where there's a couple for oh, sale. It's beginning to think, you know, next car, perhaps I get a, you know, Gran Turismo Panorama. Can't afford it. Or see it. <laughs> <laughs> Which bit do you not like, the Panorama or the Gran Turismo bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, we are just coming up to half a six here. Still an hour and 15 minutes to go. With a 15 no Yeah, still no rain. And... Still, uh, or should I say, 15 minutes behind schedule. Nick Damon and John Hindorf here for the night practice, one of our favourite times of the week. New feature this year was the drive down through Motor City for the race cars, yeah, which that. happened yesterday, which we were all looking forward to. And uh, I did see some video of it. It looked great. It was a big success. And I think that'll happen again next year. Yeah, that's because that was led before out. the welcome bar the barbecue. <laughs> that was led by the course of doing the similar thing driving through Stavola, wasn't it? After the, the Spa race, and, these, and the idea really is to give a bit back to the, and a bit of interest for the local the local community, and hopefully uh, stimulate some uh, people coming through the gate. And I think that's certainly something you need to do here. We we have had a couple of very very well attended um, races. Oddly, do you remember last year they had more people on the Saturday than the Friday. Yeah, they suddenly got busier again. Mm. Uh, this race course is a Friday-Saturday race to coincide with the weekend here in the United Arab Emirates. But um, we had a good, good crowd on the Saturday. Uh, it's right in the middle of the Dubai Shopping Festival mm. as well, and and it's actually this week has been the last of the the last few days of the holidays for a lot of people from Saudi Arabia. So there's been a lot of Saudi Arabia uh, tourism here in the UAE and particularly around Dubai. Next year, of course, will be in the first few months of the Dubai Expo, which yes, starts in October, October yeah, and runs through till March I think, oh, or April. They're, April. They're, yeah, they're, they're having the Expo at the correct time for the weather. Yeah, when, where uh, it's not too the, warm. Where the people from the rest of the world can actually survive. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. And so we'll be smack dab in the I'm middle of that. I'm expecting that's going to be quite spectacular. Oh. Um, and I would think they'll throw stuff around this as well. Well, I hope so. Um, they are going to have to get on with doing the world's tallest building. That's, that's not going to happen now. Is it not? Oh. No. 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 That's the Dubai Creek development that Nick's talking about. Go and look it up. The Demon Tweaks supported Mercedes. 
is uh, in the pit lane. Always one of the highlights of my early part of my motorsport year is when the Demon Tweaks catalogue drops through the door <laughs> and you can browse yes, through lots of yes, through lots of that you need, either don't need or need, but onto Bradley uh, is down with that Ford. Joe Bradley uh, is down with that Mercedes-Benz and uh, got a minute or with you on there. Yeah, but it's still to be interested if you actually bought something from that log kind of, have from that catalogue kind of. Have done it. Mentioned that he looks one of the demon catalogue bottle kind of. Have done it. Mentioned that he looks one of the demon catalogue onto his letter box at this time of year. Sure, uh, down to drive the 462 Mercedes, John. Are we just seeing some um, adjustments? Uh, sure, uh, down to drive the 462 Mercedes, John. Are we just seeing some? Um, Fine tune the lighting before uh, the, the main, obviously the main race. Uh, so we've got a bit of time. This might sound like a stupid question. This may sound like a silly question. But how important is the lighting around here in Dubai? I mean, pretty much half of this race is in the dark, isn't it? Uh, very important. I mean, there's parts of the track where you really just don't see the apexes and uh, uh, you can be very quickly off track if, you, if your lighting isn't up to it. Is, um, is three laps enough for especially inexperienced drivers who haven't been here maybe? Not really. Yeah. yeah, you need track time. It's a year since I've been here. It's a year since I've been in a GT4 car. And uh, I'm, it's taken me a while to get back up to speed, but uh, track time is everything. So pretty much you're going to get up to speed during your first stint in the race, in the dark, if that's what we're talking about now. Probably the second or third stint, actually. <laughs> well, by Sunday, but, uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Thanks for talking to us, John. Afterwards, after the race has ended. Yeah, when you reflect back, ah, that's what I should have done. It's all to you, John. Best of luck for the rest of the weekend. Thanks. Thank you very much. Minshaw name has been involved in motorsport, particularly in the UK, for very many years. And with the Demon Tweaks brand, you go back as far as the classic red and yellow Demon Tweaks Mustangs and all of that racing down through the years. Great to see John here, keeping the, I, uh, keeping I, the name going. I used to um, avidly read that for the motorcycle parts. Yeah. Because it used to look at all the hop-ups, as, as you call them, the tune-up parts for the various That was, bikes, that was the only place you could get them in those days. It oh, wasn't, a, and you, you had know. to phone up to find out they're in stock. Yeah, great. Do you have the uh, the, the green Ferrodo pads? Mm. Excellent, all good stuff. Yeah. He's had a bit of my cash down through the years. In fairness, uh, all our cash, to be honest. Well, true enough. The Earl Bamber Motorsport Porsche with us this weekend, and Will Bamber behind the wheel of that car this is the number 95 car that we're talking about running in the am category will bamba brother of earl of ebm El Bamba motorsport very decent peddler in his own right normally found running the team older brother i knew you were going to ask that <laughs> i don't know is the answer and well, i'm not going to guess manager, let's say yes <laughs> he's um he's in fact in f Sorry, Joe. Younger brother. Younger brother, Joe said in my ear. Uh, the, I mean, fantastic introduction to motorsport for EBM in 2019 when they went to Bathurst and won the Liquid Molly 12 hours, which is their anniversary coming up in what, three or four weeks' time yeah. uh, of that. And a very interesting driver lineup. Uh, to be announced for this year. I don't know whether it has been announced yet, so I'm not going to say what I know. Um, but I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, and Will, not only a decent, very decent driver, 
brilliant with logistics. In fairness, actually, I've had a long chats with Earl about moving cars around the world. He gets very much hands-on when he's not doing his dear job of being a Porsche Works GT driver. And uh, he gets involved with it as well. So it is a proper family run business, the two brothers. Will just into the pit lane, by the way, in that number 95 car. One of three uh, GT3 AM Porsches. We've got mm. two in pro, which is, of course, uh, Herberth, but also we have um, GPX Extreme, who are running with uh, Porsche, having uh, parked the, the Renault, uh, which they ran in recently. Um, I think deciding, I saw one, deciding yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't quite right for 24-hour racing. So that's running in, in right. Porsche 911 in pro with, with Herberth. But we have two cars from... Uh, Dynamic Motorsport, also is running it, in AM from Italy. Is it dynamic or dynamic? It's dynamic. I, I think I'm, I'm just giving it a bit of an English, okay. English twist for the Italian team. Um, two cars set in the team. That's the 28 and the 29 car. 28 being the quickest of the GT3 AM runners at the moment in the hands of Mikel Overgaard Pedersen. And we should say as well, there's been a change in the naming of the classes. So we're not talking about Class A6 Pro now. We're talking about GT3 Pro and Am because they're GT3 cars and all of the class titles reflect the part of the race that they're in. Remember, we have two completely separate races here with class structures within them. There's a GT Endurance Championship and there's a Touring Car Endurance Championship. So we've got GT3 Pro and Am at the top of the GTs. Then we've got GTX and GT4. We're, the only one that doesn't have GT in it is 991. Guess why? Because that's the Porsche 991 category. And then in TCE, the Touring Car Endurance Series, you've got TCR, TC, TC and TCX. And TCX. TC, I mean, if there's an X by it, it means they don't quite fall into a particularly defined category by somebody else. They've been or they've been modified in some Out of the category they should be in. Which um, is exactly what's happened to one of the BMW M240i Cup cars. The 321 car, which is the... It's the American car. Team ACP Tangerine... Tangerine? Tangerine Associates. That car has... Team ACP Tangerine. Tangerine, yes. Tangerine. Oh, it's a gin car. Mm. Um, that's, that's running a new S-Spec, which has wider tyres and a slightly different aero package. So rather and a different than, engine map as well. Yeah. So rather than converting it back, they've gone... We'll go into it, and we know, and we know it, and we know the car the way it is. Mm. Yeah, I think that's sensible. I mean, I didn't realise. I assume, therefore, what they normally run is not in a, a one-make uh, correct team series championship. So correct. They're, they're different. Th th listen, those those you know that was uh, up until recently. Those cars uh, were, well, in fact, you know, they still are the entry level to BMW racing, mm -hmm. and they were originally developed as the 235 Cup car to run in a specific class within the long distance racing on the Nürburgring and the Nürburgring 24 hours, the VLN and the Nürburgring 24 hours. And they were exceptionally good value, not converted from a road car, built by BMW M as a race car from the start, uh, recently upgraded, not in terms of capacity, which you might think from going from 335 to 340. Uh, they've found some more power by uh, clever reprogramming yeah. of the chip there was a little bit of an aero upgrade uh, some bits and pieces inside to, to give them another mm. couple of years homologation but interestingly of course that change of number actually matches the road cars because in, in our day the 325 was a 2.5 litre and the 328 yeah. was a 2.8 litre yeah. but with modern turbos it's just it's just a different version of the same yeah. engines and like a 323 now might be well be a 2 litre or a 1.8 they just they just change the, the nomenclature by the actual way they've tuned the engine and the ancillaries around it go back to all for 
Ferrari racing cars, a 512, it was a 5 litre 12 cylinder. Yeah. It, it, there was a brilliant article on, uh, in one of the uh, I was doing last, over Christmas where they said you had to try and guess why a particular Ferrari F1 car had the particular name. Because after it being very, very sensible all through the 60s and 70s, they just kind of picked numbers out of it. You know, sometimes it was, it was like, you know, it was cylinders and valves, and then it was capacity and cylinders. And they just like making things up, like the anniversary of the, the, the revolution in Italy or something. Mm. It's was, it was amazing. There's no rhyme nor reason. A couple of questions coming in at RSL underscore, underscore studio. Uh, Rob Chalmers, first of all, listening surreptitiously back at work in the UK. I was presume where you are, Rob, uh, at 20 minutes before three on a Thursday afternoon. So, so basically, put an X on the end of a class, it becomes Formula Libra, effectively. Free formula. Uh, yes, yeah. e easy enough to say, to say that. And Right Turn Lover says, is the number 95 Porsche, the EBM car, run by Urbamba Motorsport staff? Uh, only or are Herbeth providing support? I say that he says because uh, Jurgen Herring was in the Herbeth run Porsches in the past and has been a sponsor on the Herbeth cars even when he hasn't been driving. It's a good question, and with Will driving the car, mm. I don't know the answer to that. But Herbeth have two cars and they've been running two cars. Um, have they got two cars under their own name? Yeah, no, no, no. Normally they have two cars under their own name. Right. They've been running two cars for the whole of last season. Yes. Um, so this may well be a rental or a lease deal by um, Alabama Motorsports. It's notable they've got Eric Lux and um, his, his uh, Gerard Lopez, of course, who are Gravity um, uh, Investments, who, who, of course, were the people who ran Renault for the couple of years when it wasn't Renault, when it was Lotus in the uh, F1 in, team for, for one, a yes. couple of years and then bought yes, uh, out. So they, they are back and they've been, both those guys have been here uh, on four or five occasions uh, racing under the Luxembourg flag. 34 is in the pit lane. That's Ingo Vogler for Car Collection Motorsports. And that white and blue, the more usual colour scheme for that car. Yeah, because that's the kind of the season-long entry, the um, Edelhoff, Edelhoff, Vogler um, uh, team car, whereas, of course, they, they have also got a second car collection, which, of course, won, won this race last year, the other car collection machine. Um, this blue and white one, the, the Dr. Johannes Kirchhoff machine, that is the season machine. That'll probably turn up every single race with ver various mixtures of the drivers. Joe Bradley. Um, a thing that I've had to recalibrate my mind to, and very much my spatial awareness, is just how cramped the pit lane here is at the Dubai 24 hours. Um, three cars, three teams per garage, which means that if you've got three of those three cars, which aren't necessarily from the same team, you can have three completely different teams sharing one garage, and if they all choose to come in to the pits at the same time, you've got to find space for three cars out in the front of the garage. Now. Considering the weather forecast and considering what that means, high ambient temperature with the chance of rain every now and again. See, I'm being tapped on the back there to get out uh, straight, you know, this is how cramped we are. Um, we're going to have a very, very, very um, busy pit lane during the race. And if we have, it's quite rare that we have rain here in Dubai. So it's going to be kind of a new experience for people to cooperate with the people around them, and not just in the same garage, but just next door. If you get adjacent garages bringing their cars in, things are just, there's just no room. And we are going to see side-by-side -side pit stops, etc. It's going to be very, very busy. We'll do a rundown of some times for you in a moment as we come down to the hour mark 
Still to go. Stephen Leake says, my only complaint about the Dubai 24 hours, I really dislike hearing the pit lane in horn when I'm driving. She says, it sounds very much like a police siren where I'm from. And it really worries me when I'm driving in the car. Loving the coverage. Thank you for starting the... Yeah, right. See, it, that, that's, his, no. that's his guilt, isn't it? It's, a, it's his guilt, but he's absolutely right. Erroneous sounds that sound like these. It's like me play a record and it's got, you know, they have a ringtone on it. You think your phone's ringing, but it's a record. Or you hear this beeping for something which actually relates to something you, you have yourself. It's a Good. nightmare. Yeah. Good. But nothing worse than a, a, any sort of police siren, because you, the guilt level of any driver is already at a maximum before you even start even looking around for the blue. Even if you're not lights. doing anything wrong. Well, that's very rare, obviously. Uh, good evening to you, the collective, wherever you are in the world, from Dubai, across the RSL network. Good to have your company. And at RSL underscore studio, please, if you'd like to get in touch with us, use the hashtag RSL24H. Got a story on the... Joe? Got a story on the 112. Current champions, remember, having an engine change at this stage. This really? Is not... Oh. This is not where you would schedule an engine change, guys, right in the middle of night practice. And right it's the now, Autorama Motorsport car. Sorry, yes, it's the Autorama car. It's the uh, Autorama Motorsport Golf, um, who were absolutely dominant well, last season. Well, that's a champion team, but that's not the champion car, because the champion car, of course, is the number one. Yeah. Ah, well, wasn't the champion team, didn't the champion team carry 1-1-2? Well, they, they may have done that last year, but the Autorama have got the number one in, yes. in ah, uh, right. respect of them being the, the, the champions. champions from last season. Right. So well, they've, kept, they've kept hold of their other number as well. I thought it was the 114 that won well, it. I'm sorry, I'm not going to argue with you. You saw more of this last year than I did. Well, I'm just thinking there was one of the races where the team had to do this very thing, Spa. change the engine. Spa, was it? Yeah. Um, had an engine change right at the last moment. And didn't they still and go on started, and win? Yes, they started from the back and went on to win. Yeah. So, uh, again, you know, once again, these endurance races and certainly the 23rd series races throwing out these fairy tale stories of adversity. And here we have this car absolutely stripped, front end completely off, engine gearbox out. And what looks like they're replacing the engine, that looks like a very pristine and new gearbox uh, and differential and transmission that's going in also. So they're taking no chances. And while they're on this, they might as well uh, put a brand new gearbox in there as well. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, they, they did qualify, so they won't have to start at the back, and they've just missed night practice. I'm not, I'm not sure whether they have Draconian have to do the lap to so just have a quick chat with the uh, Creventic uh, um, organisers, and they'll go, that's fine. So it's, it's not the end of the world. If it, we do get wet running, then that's going to be difficult to miss that. They, these are experienced drivers, the experienced teams, they've run the night before. They might have wanted just a bit of light aiming, but they can just copy the setup on the other car. But changing the engine now, um, whilst losing track time uh, is not disastrous because they won't have to start the back they have qualified and they will take that position uh, at the start at three o'clock tomorrow local time johnny palmer and bruce jones to come in this night practice session just under the hour still to go it's joe bradley in the pits nick damon and me john hindoff in the booth as the night is certainly arrived <laughs> no doubt about that right now. we're actually um we don't even have the, the lights on in the, the booth because there's quite a lot of light on the pit straight coming from the grandstands and the various lights on the pit lane. But out there in the darkness, I look towards the 311, which is the uh, highway that runs adjacent to the back straight, actually. And you'll see, if you're watching the pictures over the weekend, you'll see cars in the background. Quite often we get caught out with 
uh, yellow flashing lights thinking we've got some kind of recovery vehicle out and it's a bin wagon going, yeah. to, yes. going down the 311. Um, I, I, I do remember uh, pointing dramatically last year at this these huge things going on that obviously been some minor conflagration on the road outside and it was three police cars and I thought oh no look at that oh no it's actually one road too far across yes. this is actually a very very compact track and, and, and the amount of miles of track they get in the square footage it covers is remarkable they've really bent on itself and also done it in a way which has managed to remain safe hence the reason it's grade one yeah so you don't spear off one corner and hit something else well credit uh, clive bowen who at the time i think he designed this was still working for west surrey racing he since went on to form and run apex circuit design and has been responsible for a, a number they've absolutely They've absolutely made the best of the... I, I can't remember how many acres and hectares they've got here, but they've made the best of it. There are several different iterations. I've driven, I think, three different iterations of this track. Yeah. The whole track, plus the two versions yeah. that you can run side by side, the two shorter circuits and the, mount, the mountain section and, and the other end, effectively, the, uh, the eastern end uh, of track. It is... What was the... We had him in the booth one year here. What was it? He said, mistake-inducing. Yes. I, I, li I, li I like that um, because it looks relatively simple, but try it on a sim or on a game, and certainly when you're out there, there are a number of individual corners and complexes of corners where you make one small mistake and it really throws you out and the amount of time that you lose gets multiplied very quickly here. Yeah, and they've looked at the things like the cambers and some of the corners are deliberately off camber and what you do have here, which is you'd be surprised, I think, for a desert area, you've got a good amount of elevation change and more importantly, the elevation change is used intelligently within the traffic, within the track design. So you're rising, you're falling, you're not necessarily turning on with the right or anything. In a part of the world that is notoriously flat yeah. as well. So that, that's been created around here, mm. is the point that Nick's making. And I think rightly so, even, you know, down to turn, you know, down to turn one, tiny little kink, and then you're falling, you go over the top of the brow and you're falling down, in, down into turn one. Got a problem out on the circuit, by the way, for the number two, zero, zero one. one. And that is the... Vortex. Vortex. V8. V8 out there. It's just the blue and black car. And that um, is sitting out on the circuit to, to the side of the circuit. And I reckon... I had the binos out just a moment or two ago because I thought I would see something going slowly down the back straight. And then I convinced myself that it was actually something on a return road, but I don't think it is. I think that's just beyond turn 10. He's doing the traditional control or delete reset. We see the lights going on and off as he tries to reset the electrics. Um, there's no visible sign of... Oh, we have rain. We have rain in the, uh, the camera. Oh, and it's, it it's heavy rain. Down. Is heavy that rain everywhere here. or just... Code 60. Code 60. For the vortex, not the rain. Well, one presumes so. But that is heavy rain on the far side of the circuit. Dry as a bone on the, on the front straight. And not even any windscreen wipers going. So here's something that we've not had to talk about before in the 14 previous events here at Dubai as the rain is falling very, very heavily indeed on parts of the circuit at least. Code 60 is out. I think it's just beginning to fall on the main straight. It's just beginning to get a bit speckly, a bit freckled on that main straight. I still haven't found the vortex, actually. <laughs> so he got going again. 
Uh, that is possible because he was doing the control alt delete gig. Right. Uh, now, I assume this is not for rain. Oh, no, he's still out there. Um, he's still sat, but he's taken his, his headlamps ah, off. So it's, in, a, it's in sector a one. A tiny bit of red flash. Sector uh, one, the, the vortex. And also missing is the number four as well, which is Carla del Cabezi, the Black Falcon Mercedes AMG GT3. And perhaps that's more more involved as we get more shots of oh. rain. Now, interesting, it's... Bruce Jones is down in the pit lane and he's just told me just the first speckle or two there. It is very heavy on the far side of the track. Um, the traffic on the 311 has uh, slowed to a crawl as it tends to do here. One thing I have just noticed is there are new purple lights at all of the marshals posts. Ah. I've just know they've scrambled the Alpha Stelvio safety car quadrifolio. Mm. Excellent choice. Last year's choice was good as well. It's that Audi um, uh, Q8. Q8, which, which we hadn't seen before. Like, I've, seen one, I've seen a Stelvio quadrifolio before. I've driven one. They're cracking. Uh, I had two Q8s last year with varying degrees of engineage. <laughs> um, I hope they all had one. Well, yes. Because you have less than one. It doesn't work very well. Yeah, true. <laughs> yes. I had to, I, I, the Q8 having not I'm not really a convert onto coupe style SUVs. However, I think that both the manufacturers who've come pretty late to it, being Audi and Porsche, using the same platform effectively, of course, as well, have actually got them the best because both the Cayenne coupe and the Q8, which is effectively a Q7 coupe are absolutely cracking looking cars. I think we've got the Vortex under tour. We have. So that was why we had the Code 6, the recovery of the recalcitrant Vortex, which despite many attempts to control or delete it, wouldn't start again. Uh, and there's a, an, a Bath out there as well. There's an Abarth 500 yeah, that's the, um, out there that's as well. school cars. I think, that, intervention. I, think that is, I think that is parked behind another level. <laughs> Uh, just very quickly before we go down to Bruce and welcome him to the broadcast this evening, um, the, for those of you thinking, why have we got somebody out on the circuit being towed back? That is the way in Creventic 24-hour racing. The whole point is to get as much track time as possible, so if they can get back to the pits, even if it is under outside assistance, as it would be called in other series. No, that's fine. And we will see even people coming back on the back of a flatbed mm. and being delivered to the back of the pits. Good evening, Bruce. How are you? Uh, very well, John. I notice I come in the pit lane and it starts raining. That's Bradley for you, mate. That's Bradley for you. I know. He should be used to it. But I've nipped down. It's not often a driver, can t a driver doesn't know something that I do. But I found Dries Van Tor, the number seven Audi, fastest of all. You didn't know it started to rain, did you? No, I wasn't really driving, so, uh, but it's good that you, that you said. Therese uh, Van Tour. That we can all drive a bit in the rain because the weather forecast is, is looking quite promising for the race, so it will be interesting for us to hopefully get That's a good setup as well for the rain, probably. Now, of course, uh, on European circuits, we're used to having drains on the side of the track, but here, when it rains, it sits on the circuit. How many sets of wet tyres have you got put, put aside for you? I, uh, I don't know, but it does... It's not really great when there's not a lot of drainage on, on the track, you know. If it rains here, I think it rains properly. So uh, hopefully the water can go away easily and fast because otherwise I think it will be a bit tricky with aqua planning and we'll have to wait and see how that works out. 
But of course, if it gets really wet, the best thing you can ever do is put a Belgian driver in the car. It started with Jackie X. That could be your role this weekend. Who knows? You know, maybe I found my role then to this uh, this weekend. Well, best of luck. Good to see the car going so well. Yeah, it's always good to have someone from the low countries of the UK if it starts raining, I'd say. I love driving in the rain. I like nothing better than driving in the rain, racing in the rain. It's, it's one of the things that I really enjoy. Did you enjoy the art of racing in the rain? I did, actually. Did you? Cried all the way yeah, through I, it from I, the very I, first as moment. As soon as I heard it was going to be about a dog that wasn't going to survive the whole film, I couldn't oh, watch you it. Oh, you spoiled it now. <laughs> couldn't watch it. The, from the very first moment, I started it, sobbing. I watched it, it on a plane. Was it because it was produced by McDreamy? Was that why you watched it? Uh, well, I saw most of the racing sequences being made at various uh, IMSA events during the year. And I and purposefully stayed away from it because I, I, wasn't, I didn't think I would really enjoy it. And uh, I watched it on a plane. Um, because I'd seen everything else. Seriously. <laughs> no, and, and I apologise to you, Patrick, for that. But um, I watched it and I sobbed pretty much <laughs> consistently through the whole thing. It was tremendously embarrassing. Was it, was it worse than Molly and me? I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, it, it is true. It, it, that, that I just, I can, I, can, yeah, I can take the pain if it's being handed out to human beings, but not, not the dog. It's a, it's a difficult thing. Um, it was brilliant. Uh, the, the whole thing was brilliant. And, uh, I might watch on the way back. I'm sitting next to Bruce and Joe on the way back, so I think I'll have a good old cry. That might embarrass them. There was a couple of, uh, there was a couple of times when I looked at race tracks and went, oh, I know what that is, and why are they going the wrong way there? <laughs> and, oh, that's clever how they've done that. Uh, and the final, the final scene, interestingly, they, uh, they do something with the race track at the, at the end. They swap around the, the way the cars are going at the end. But there's a good reason for that, because it makes a better shot. And I, and I kind of understand that. So we're under code 60. The Vortex has made it back to the pit lane. It needed back to the pit lane. It needed the help pickup truck. The rain is making less impression than I thought, John. We were expecting once Fewer. it came, it was going. <laughs> once it came, it was going to uh, be slightly, um, you know, biblical even. But it's it's effectively been a bit more like a uh, an early evening shower in the UK. Certainly on the main straight, it's, it's it's speckled it, but it wouldn't affect the grip in the slightest. We haven't really got our eyes on the back of the track, but I'm not seeing much. Uh, uh, Wybridge going. I mean, obviously we have our man on the ground, Mr. B. Jones, but I think he's in the dry part of the track. Yeah, well, it's barely, it, it barely got to the front straight. And now that it has, I think it's eased a bit. Well, I, I'm trying to look out onto the far side of the track where I can see. You've got to sort of look in the lights, look in the lights, haven't you? Look to the light. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, after the frenetic activity of both qualifying and the first 40 minutes of uh, night practice, and it has, after I think Joe did say, it, it does seem you have to recalibrate the busyness of the pit, the pit lane, even with you know 70 plus cars, but it's, it's remarkable. Let's take the opportunity to pick up some driver comments here whilst we're under code 60. Uh, one of the stars of my race of the year last year, the 24 hours of Barcelona, was... Patrick Kajala in the Barwell number 77 Lamborghini and he joins Bruce Jones down in the pit lane now. Patrick, always good to catch up with you. You do a lot of these endurance races, but uh, you're a big friend of Barwell Motorsport. How's the Lamborghini going? So far, so good. I mean, the race is long. We have a pretty good gap for the race. Like always, Barwell doing an excellent job, so I'm very happy with that and very happy to be here. Now, just... Uh one of the most important things, whether it's wet or dry, is to have a good, balanced driver lineup. 
Yours looks really strong this weekend. Yes, I'm very happy to join my teammates for this race. And yeah, as you said, very strong lineup and we should do a good race. Now, anyone who knows what they're looking for this weekend knows there is a threat of rain. We've got a little spit out there at the moment. How prepared can you be? I mean, um, we, we anticipated this already coming here. We saw the forecast. And like I said, if it rains, it rains for everybody. So uh, at the end of the day, we got to see how much rain is going to come. We know here when the, when the rain comes, it doesn't go nowhere. So it stays there. So we will see. Now, not just looking at the 77 Lamborghini. But looking at all the cars, the standard of driving is getting stronger and stronger here at the Dubai 24. Yeah, if you compare it to last year to this year, every year more and more, more I would say, in here. Top drivers in here. And I think the first race of the season, everybody wants to see how they are and, and so on. So um, it's good. And hopefully it keeps on going like that. Exactly. Good way to start your season. Patrick, best of luck. Thank you. Patrick Kajala from Barwell Motorsports. 77 Lamborghini, the Quadrifoglio, the Stelvio Quadrifoglio heads back into the pit lane, having been examining, I think, some damage around the circuit and also having probably having a look, Nick, to see how, uh, how wet it was. Yeah, I think they were doing a, a general circuit inspection for debris. Now, debris is not necessarily just from accidents. It's also from stuff that gets dragged on for little minor instances when cars go off. And we have, of course, seen a, uh, a polystyrene marker ball go ping, and I'm sure others have done already. So it's just a case check. It often happens when you get a code 6, they will bung an extra two or three minutes in just to have a quick look. And obviously, it actually helps more at this point because the track has subtly changed with the rain, which is, which is nothing now on the front straight. It's evaporated away already in the front straight. So the rain in the back of the track we can't see, but let's let's see if we get underway finally after what about nine or ten minutes of uh, of code sixty. The car was rescued, the track was cleared, and now we have about uh, forty two minutes of running at full throttle into the dark, and it looks like rain in the dark and in the dry. Hmm. You say that? <laughs> I did. Uh, ten minutes and thirty one seconds. About for nine and a half minutes in my head, was yeah, it? Yeah, pretty good. We've had 180. We've had everybody in this session, and uh, 904 laps. So it can't be, surely that can't be in this session. No, maybe it is. Um, yeah, Counts the internet. Shall it's I been... give you some lap times? Yes. We haven't talked about that for a little while. Top of the shop is the number seven MS7 by WRT. A D Audi. 2019 version of the R Evo version of the R8 with a two minutes 0.327. We got down into the 57s, I think, from memory in qualifying. But that's still three quarters of a second quicker than Maxi Gertz from HTP Winwood Racing. Bryce and Russell Ward are the Win Wards. HTP now part of the Winwood Motorsport Group. Uh, Julian Andlauer is behind the wheel of the GPX Racing Porsche, which is in third. In the classes, so that's GT3 Pro. In AM, it's Dynamic Motorsport, the Porsche number 28 that leads on a 2019. In GTX Dragon Racing's Phil Keane. Is Phil still the stick? Or not? Is, this, is there still a stick? I don't uh, know. 
No. Okay. Oh, yeah, sort of, but not really. Right. Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo. The that is the GTX leader on a 2085 991 2077 for the JFC LB Living Racing Porsche 991. Richard Muscat has put that best time in. Century Motorsports GT4, Brett Strom. Strom Racing have run a BMW GT4 M4 before. That's the 430 car and they lead GT4. And in the touring car categories, KCMG, with the Honda Civic that had problems earlier on, fastest now with uh, Jim Carter behind the wheel of the number 122 leading in TCR. TCX and TC both at the moment fastest times in the hands of Nordschleifer Racing with Guillaume Romain and the Ligier number 226 leading TCX and TC has Reese Lloyd who qualified on pole for the TC class. He's quickest again this evening for Peugeot's 308 Racing Cup car from Nordschleifer Racing. Bruce Jones down in the pit lane. I thought I'd come down and talk to the driver of one of the meanest looking cars in the pit lane, the HTP Motorsport uh, Mercedes, Nidhi Dodger. The car looks fantastic, matte black with stripes on it. Yeah, it looks absolutely stunning. Uh, we have a nice black uh, car this year. Normally I'm used to drive a yellow car, but uh, this black me machine uh, looks really good. Yeah, it should be quite stealthy in the night apart from your headlights no one can see your car you're pretty experienced here though so uh, driving in the night it's a long night here isn't it in dubai you must be quite used to it now yes i'm quite used to it it's uh, it's very special race dubai we have a long night uh it's also a lot of surviving and uh, looking at the weather forecast it will be even more surviving i think drivers shouldn't be allowed to look at the weather forecast you should take what comes in fact you're about to go out and have a little go there's been a bit of rain but not too much no, it's okay. Uh, my teammate uh, Maximilian Goetz is out now. We are still on the slick, so it's just dropping a bit uh, in the lights. It looks a bit, or it looks like a lot, but it's actually okay. So let's see how it goes, and uh, yeah, uh, what comes comes, and uh, we'll have to fight it. Yeah, the heavy stuff comes when you're in the car. Good luck. Yes, thank you. <laughs> ah, the optimism of Mr. Jones down there in the pit lane. Welcome to the evening session. At just after six minutes past seven here in the UAE and at the Dubai Autodrome to Johnny Palmer. Evening, JP. Good evening, John. Good evening, everybody. Uh, yeah, very pleasant evening at the moment, although, well, yeah, I was about to say, just walking back across, there was the odd spit of rain in the air and around the floodlights, it is noticeable now. We mm. have been saying for much of the day that it was going to arrive somewhere around six, seven o'clock. We're now at nearly seven minutes past seven local time, 38 minutes still to run in the session, and the rain is considerable beneath the floodlights. I don't know whether that's actually going to be affecting car performance just yet, because the Hankook tyres, the slick Hankook tyres that are being run currently, nice and hot, nice and sticky, and on the racing line, I would imagine still car behaviour is pretty much as it was in the dry conditions as this session got started, but the problem is, once the rain properly gets set in over the next 30 to 60 minutes, it's not going to let up Well, overnight and into tomorrow. And the bulk of tomorrow is expected to be wet with the possibility of a thunderstorm, maybe even on Friday night. You're so, a little rare sunshine, I'm aren't you? I'm sorry about that. Just stating facts, I'd like it to be different. <laughs> I really would. 
like uh, all weather people, they want to be able to bring you good messages, particularly in this part of the world where we've become so used to temperatures in the high 20s, low 30s. It's been 2027 20, as a high today. It's been 2027 20, as a high today. Still pretty good tomorrow, 23, 24 degrees, but yeah, with this major th threat of rain and of course potentially of uh, maybe bringing the, the race to a halt at a point over, overnight, but we really hope not. It's the date today, Johnny. Is it the 9th of date? It is, isn't it's it? It's the 9th of January. Right, yes. okay. So, do you talk amongst yourself for a moment? All right, yeah. Because I'm, um, I'm just working out some darkness times. Uh, Maximilian Gertz now driving the number 84 Mercedes AMG GT3. That's one of many that are the older spec cars, labelled as 2016, purely because that's when that iteration of AMG. Benz came out, but we have now to conjure with the brand new car. Three of them in this year's entry. And certain liveries make it relatively easy to pick those out, others not so much because we were having a bit of an argument amongst ourselves about the 85 car. That livery's been transposed directly from the old car to the new, and uh, it is tricky to work out that that is one of the new cars. But thank you to Randy de Burr, amongst others, for confirming that as the number 70 car comes into pit lane now. 70 is one of a couple of top sport WRT AMG GT3s. That's Finlay Hutchison who's bringing that car in then. Might have already stopped with the team and is going beyond to the satellite refueling area because just like any other 24H series race run by Creventic, fueling not done in the pit lane, it's done in the little quadrant further on from the pit lane in a safe area where fireproofs are essential but you don't need to wear fireproof uh, race suits and overalls in the main pit lane as a result of that what about the kcmg honda that was uh, issuing a little bit of smoke from the engine bay in qualifying that is running andy yan at the wheel of car 122 and it's actually the best of the tcr cars so they will be pleased Fingers crossed that they've solved that issue. The Civic FK7 TCR having done a 213.352 to not a TCR, not a TCR car that's on pole position for tomorrow's vision though for tomorrow's race. The X machine, roughly a TCX CWS engineering, their Jetta G55 taking back by CWS engineering, their Jetta G55 taking back back pole positions after its success as an SP3 car. We don't run as an S3 from the SP3. Dropped onwards, I mean, dropped as and replaced Menklager and replaced by Peace Finley Hutton rejoining. Rejoining for everybody in is it for everybody to acclimatize how busy the track is potentially going to be because remember it was a split qualifying with the TCE cars out first for 30 minutes, then the GT series cars out uh, in a busier session for another half an hour. And although free practice was held with all the cars running. This is possibly going to be an even busier session because it's pretty short and a chance really for the inexperienced drivers to get used to uh, the dark conditions and where they can find that little bit of light. There's loads of it on the main straight because of the flood lighting from the main grandstand and from the pit lane buildings as well. The hotel is not uh, difficult to miss at all because it's right there in the eye line uh, at the end of the lap but there are certain stages further around this Dubai Autodrome which are plunged into complete darkness as discovered by the Formula 3 cars earlier on that of course don't carry headlights. 
Mohamed Saud Fahad in the MS7 by WRT Audi R8 uh, remains the fastest car, two minutes point three two seven ahead of Maxi Gertz now in the pit lane. Julian, Julian uh, Andlau has taken over the GPX Racing Porsche, which sits in third position ahead of the Rolf Eichen driven Audi R8 from WRT and Lucas Stoltz in the treble seven car, the Toxport WRT car uh, running in fifth place. I want Nick Damon to hear this. Yes. I've, I've, just, I've just looked up the sunrise and sunset times for Daytona and for this race. And this year, the darkness is identical. 13 hours and 21 minutes of darkness. I'm not going down into seconds. I'm, oh, do you really want me to go down into seconds? Depends where you stand it, surely. <laughs> Depends how tall you are. Yes. <laughs> Bruce, yeah, Bruce is doing this one, but not dear to So I, I reckon our, our official sunset time tomorrow here at Dubai is local 17.46. Sun coming up at 07.06 whilst Daytona on Saturday the 25th is 17.56, thereby 10 minutes later, but their sunrise is also exactly 10 minutes later at 7.16. So I reckon, whichever way you do the arithmetic, they are the same. Wow. I'm sure we've had that before, but it's been a few years since they've completely married up. Um, and normally, yeah, one can beat the other. Level pegging, though, for 2020 the fastest car in the session just reaching the end of the back straight again with some traffic to deal with and well how many different scenarios can you find in the same session about you know bunches of traffic because it always does tend to group together clumping isn't it we've, yeah. we've, we've titled that in the past we have and you need to experience the clumping at every corner ideally but again mm. it's a really short session and you're never going to get that for all of your drivers has this, has this always been 90 minutes this session Johnny um to, am that I sounds mis about right. Am I misremembering it? It might have run to two hours. Yes, that's what I was wondering. The there might be an easy way for me to find that out after a little bit of internet searching, so bear with. Indy Doncha, who we've just heard from speaking to Bruce Jones, has now taken over the HTP Windward Racing AMG, which is second so far, car 84, and is almost two tenths of a second quicker the GPX racing Porsche of Julian Anlauer. Lucas Stoltz in the trouble seven. Two hours open. last year, says Curry back in London. Was it? Okay. So, again, my adult brain isn't quite as adult as I thought it was. As we'll head down to Bruce Jones, who's uh, cracking in the interviews early on and has Jap van Lagen with him. I'm doing all the Dutch drivers first, all the drivers <laughs> from the Netherlands. I just saw you. The MP Motorsport Mercedes, sick fastest in qualifying, really good run. You're looking very calm, no worries, but the car's in the garage. Why? Uh, we, uh, we have to do uh, just two laps in uh, night practice, so we save the car for, uh, for the race. So we are happy with the, with the car, with the balance, with everything. Uh, what you said, we did uh, P6 overall, P1 in, uh, in the M class. So uh, we are happy with the car. Uh, we are, a lot better prepared than last year. We did before this weekend. We did. Uh, we have done a, two days of testing in Barcelona. Um, I coached the, the end drivers, so I made them a lot quicker. 
So all together, we're good prepared and uh, we're looking forward for the race. How good are your windscreen wipers? Yeah, they are working fine, but I could not find them. Uh, I know I'm used to a, a Porsche driver, and uh, yeah, so everything is completely different. I have to search everything. So I was on the track, and uh, I just want to know, hey, where, where are they? And I put the lights on in the car. I couldn't find them. But uh, now in the end, it's the uh, same as the road cars. <laughs> it's on the right side, but uh, I find them. But that's the risk for professional drivers like you. One car, one race, one another. But racing in GT3 is something you really like. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, I've done it uh, also uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I did the uh, GT Masters. I've done the uh, 24-hour race in uh, uh, also Le Mans, also uh, Nordschleife, Spa, etc. in different uh, cars. Uh, but I, the last two years I drove uh, the Cup car, Super Cup, Carrera Cup. So uh, I'm not really used to it for the, in the GT3 car. But uh, it went really well, you know. Uh, I, I, my first time in a GT3 car since last two years and we put a car in the top six so we are all very happy good work well done yeah smashing fella very talented driver in sprint or endurance racing turn 14 a problem at the moment in fact as i say that yeah still got a yellow flag at turn 14 can't tell you why at the moment i tell you what it it's raining again johnny and it's murky out there i can't tell whether it's no ah, that is proper rain it's the it Peugeot 308 rain. by oh, the way is it's it? off yes. oh yes and it's had contact by the look of it yes severe contact i was looking at would see something there we've got a grandstand there that we haven't had in previous years so it's a little difficult but even with the binoculars looking out under the lights from here underneath the main grandstand, JP, it's really actually quite difficult to pick out any kind of detail out there. Yeah, visibility is, I mean, at a real premium. And we do often see on the horizon, you know, the visibility in and out, and that can be to do with the sand blowing in sometimes. But this time it's definitely weather. There were two cars off, and the incident's already happened by this point, but it's one of the Altarama cars, the number one machine also involved. Was there then further contact as the 308 Racing Cup car reversed very slightly? No, the bit of bodywork that ended up in the middle of the track has either come then from the number one Golf or the number 172 Peugeot 308, which is 14th in the TCE category. We're under code 60 to deal with this little incident. I don't think either car involved has actually reached the scenery, i.e. a tyre wall or concrete wall, but they've tangled between themselves and that's left some of the bodywork uh, stranded in the middle of the, of the road and also this Peugeot which has stalled and will not fire back into life. I can't at the moment grab a good glimpse of the front of that car though to realise the extent of the damage, but a flatbed's been called and that car's going to have to be recovered whilst the clock continues to tick down. So night practice time's at a premium anyway. And we're now losing some of this session because of the Code 60. A necessary caution. And, yeah, there's a significant portion of the front bumper of that Golf that has been snapped off as a result of the contact. So... Was it Golf into Peugeot, which resulted in the two of them spinning? Had the Peugeot already had a moment, and the Golf suddenly found it sitting there. Yeah. But that chunk of bodywork's come from the front left of the Golf, but also between the two headlights, quite a bit of damage to the front end as well. Yeah, and, and there looks to be some fluid down on the circuit as well, not just the rain 
that has been falling. Yes, you heard that right with 25 and a half minutes still to go. Rain falling. Here in Dubai, not torrential, enough to dampen the circuit, but I haven't seen anyone taking any Hankook wet tyres. Everyone's still out on slicks. The ambient still around about the mid-20s Celsius. That'll be enough to keep a bit of heat in the track. Ah, down at the Golf, the Autorama Championship winning car from last year and team, should I say it? Yeah. Sniffing fluids down there to see where that was coming from. Just looking back uh, to call back to an earlier point about the, the general length of this session. I'm interested to know how, how long it was in 17 and 18. I've actually got it down as 90 minutes in 2019. Okay. Um, we must have talked for half an hour either side of it. Maybe. 15 maybe minutes so. either side of it, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't seem very long, especially when you've some, some teams have got five drivers to try and get through to give them some experience of the night. They don't all have to run unless you're a complete rookie and you'll need to get in a couple of laps just to know, as I say, where where the light is, where it isn't, also where the glare of nearby landmarks might distract you as well. And there's a fair bit of this track which folds back on itself, so you're going to meet returning traffic and the headlight glare, which will blind you briefly and really could add to some disorientation. So those that have been doing this event for 10 or indeed all 15 years won't have a problem, but the rookies certainly will need just a bit of time to work things out. One of a couple of the new version of the Mercedes-AMG GT3 in the race uh, this year. One is the number 10 SPS automotive-entered machine. The second is the 85 from CP Racing, and that's where Bruce Jones is right now. Well, you've picked up on a point I was about to bring up, which is one of the two new Mercedes. Shane Lewis, it's great to step forward, but it comes with certain issues tell me about the nose of the 85 mercedes well you know we got night practice um and obviously with the old generation car one of the new things that comes with the new car is a bigger opening in the for you know cooling a few other things but also that means we've never aimed these headlights this car came here brand new for the first time so we really need the night practice out there obviously we've got to get all four of our drivers rotated through to get those laps in but our headlights are not correct so right now, Code 60, all that stuff, we need to now get back in the car to get these headlights correct because I don't know where they're pointed right now. <laughs> but the clock's counting down. We've got about 20 minutes left. You've yeah. got to do your laps. Are you in last? Uh, no, I actually, we've all done them. So okay. we're golden. We've done them. So, you know, just a couple of things from a, from a standpoint of getting that done. And now we're going to add a little bit of raindrops to the equation. Um, and you, you come to Dubai and the last thing you think about is wet. The, the last thing. So I actually have to go and mark where the windshield wiper is because I have no idea where it is when I'm in Dubai. See, you're a professional through and through. Well done, Shane. Yeah, thank you, guys. Always a professional. The number 172 Peugeot being recovered to the pits. That's the Peugeot 208 Cup car, isn't it? That's been pulled away by the... Well, I was going to say flatbed. It's a full rollback that's there at the moment that the... Whole of the back of the lorry is flat to the ground and that makes it much easier. There's a less steep 
angle to get that car on. So that's all good news. And that car is already there. It was tracking fairly straight. It looks pretty good. So that's good work by the hard-working crews here. And we say this pretty much everywhere we go, JP. But I've got to say that these guys here and ladies are among the best we see. They drive around the outside of the circuit. They know all the cut-offs. They know all the internal roads. And if they can get you back, they'll get you back as quickly as possible. Yeah, and, and that's a traditional hotspot as well where there's a little bit of a pinch point through a... It's quite a sharp hairpin, that, and no stranger to incident. That's the reason why they stuck a grandstand there for mm. this year because uh, you're guaranteed to sit there for sort of 15-odd minutes and see something unusual happen, whether it's a couple of cars tangling up as we've got here or one or two running wide. Uh, but because it is a regular incident hotspot, then, um, yeah, recovery is a well practiced thing and that roll back now going back into its natural position with the car scooped up you're talking about earlier on the engine that those Peugeot 308s carry the 1.6 litre turbocharged uh, direct injection machine that's also found in the TCR world in a Citroen as well uh, Citroen C3 Max TCT can run with the Prince 1.6 litre engine but actually, that car, for this event, is being run in TCX anyway, mm. the Nordschleifer Racing car, with five drivers. Reese Lloyd amongst them, Bruno De Rossi, Thierry Cecadali, uh, Philippe Baffon, and Thierry Boyer. Oh, there's a big ding in the door, which mm. wasn't able to spot from the other angle. Uh, but does that suggest, then, it's a front left of golf going into passenger door of Peugeot so was it already in it was presumably it was already in a moment and maybe broadside across the track and it's then been collected by the golf I'm merely suggesting that because I didn't actually see the incident until afterwards and the two cars had come to rest the 85 is being pushed back into the garage is that in more of an effort to focus the lights a little more effectively having just heard from one of its drivers Shane Lewis the good news though as far as uh, that crew is concerned is that they have done their night laps for CP Racing's crew, Charlie Putman, Charles Espenlaub, Mike Headland, and Shane Lewis. And it might just be a case now of sending drivers out to get them used to the rain, because this is last chance to, to know where potentially the rain is going to accumulate. Although it's still not very heavy, it will be affecting grip a little bit here and there. The 69 Mercedes heading through turn one. It's the Team Hong Kong Craft Bamboo Racing entry for Jonathan Huey, Antares Au, Frank, Frank Yu and Kevin Tse. And that's a GT3 Am entry as the revs start to rise. So the uh, Code 60 flags are withdrawn. And with 18 minutes and seven seconds left on the clock, let's keep our fingers crossed that this session can run green for the remainder. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? It would, rather, yes. The fluid on the outside of that left-hand hairpin then has all been mopped up. But the rain continues to be in the air, and grip's really going to be at premium now for the last 15 minutes or so. Run down towards... Turn, or up towards turn 12 at the top of the hill. Perfectly framed now by the LED coloured lighting on the new 
hotel there. Been there a couple of years now. Did notice on the way into Motor City early in the week, I think it was on Monday afternoon. I drove past the track and came back to it, and there's a new Waitrose about to open on the corner down there, and noticeable that Motor City is about to get a BMW dealership as well here. I know that there's another Crown Plaza about to open, although that's a little further away. It's part of the Intercontinental Hotel Group of properties that's going to be down at Dubai Marina I believe but still plenty of development going on here at Dubai still many construction areas that are being worked on and it does seem as though every year we come here JP that we're driving past something new on the way here I barely recognise the 311 there's been so many new apartment blocks and housing initiatives that have been going on there. I convinced myself twice, twice on Monday I was on the wrong world <laughs> until I finally went, went, past the, uh, went past the global village and thought, oh, no, I am on the right road, thank goodness for that. It is an ever-changing landscape. I mm. know we only tend to come here every 12 months, so they've got plenty of time to put work in in between visits, but uh, oh, it's astonishing that things can pop up if you're not paying close attention. Interesting you talk about a BMW dealership, though, because, again, there's an absence of BMW M6s in this race. Can that stir some interest for maybe some local teams? BMW have a good history at this race, having taken the first couple of wins in 2006 and 7, but there's never been a more recent spec of uh, BMW take victory. Got to look back all the way to 2011 when a Z4 GT3 was victorious for Augusto Farfus, Edward Sandstrom, Tommy Milner and Claudia Hurtgen. So it's been a long wait for BMW. The Peugeot that, well, according to the positional markers, is still 14th in the TCE race. That's now been returned to the pits and for the team to work out what needs to be done to get it back in the session. But it's going to have to be a quick turnaround for that little 3.08 from Nordschleifer Racing as four or five cars motor their way down the back straight. In GT4, so the, uh, yes, that category, there is a chance for BMW to, to do pretty well. That's just off our top page, but, um, yeah, yes, GT4 topped at the moment by Century Motorsports M4, in fact. So that's where that car company could have some success. Brett Strom has done a 213.047 in the 4.30 car. And, of course, he has experience of running that car. The Jurgensen Strom have run one of their own in the past. Yes, yeah, so good history uh, in Creventic Racing. As uh, up the inside, it's getting, again, very slippery around the left-hander where the incident happened at turn uh, 13. And the Porsche heading downhill now with Jordan Groger at the wheel. That's the GPX racing Porsche then. That team did so well at the Spa 24 hours last year and uh, it's a different driver lineup uh, from, very different from the Belgian outing at the end of July, but they are very familiar names with GPX racing, whether it be with that uh, Renault RSO one a number of years back or now more recently with the GPX racing car and that Gulf livery. So we've had some 20 minutes and 6 seconds so that's another 10 minutes of code 60 uh, two 
tranches of it. This one was for contact between the number one VW Golf, the defending team's champions, and the defending teams, and the Peugeot number 172. Bruce Jones is down at the Nordschleife. 72 uh, Peugeot is deeply in the garage. I'm just going Bruno, one sec. Oh, no, he doesn't want to talk. Bruno De Rossi was at the wheel, very upset. We can't get far enough into the garage to show you the damage, but I can tell you the passenger door is indented by a good foot. It's really been given a thump. I listened to your synopsis. I think you're correct. I think he'd rotated and then was a... Uh, you don't normally hit a car side on unless it's sideways in the track, and Bruno De Rossi too disappointed to speak, you know, when a driver's shoulders are down. Whether he's spun on the liquid that was already there or the light rain, but the incident has led to a lot of damage to 172. So Nordschleifer racing, a lot to do to that, but I tell you what, I like this other car they're running. The first sight I've had of one of the new Ligiers. Great to have them back in sports car racing, uh, you know, at this level. So we'll see how that goes. But for the 172 sister car, I'm afraid it's going to be quite a long night for the mechanics. Bruce, why are you there? If you can just get some red pinstriping and put it down the middle of that swoosh, that would be the Radio Shaw Limited logo on the side of that car. That would look splendid. Well, my, my quality of handicraft has never left me, so uh, I'll get someone else to do it. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce Jones, down there at the moment. Yeah, that's... Uh, they ran a couple of years in two different classes, actually, at the Barcelona 24. I say that as if um, I've got it written in front of me. I haven't. I'm trying to remember that from the past. But uh, I'm pretty certain they did anyway. And they, they, they did all right. They aren't particularly designed to be an endurance racing car, but Nordschleifer Racing very much... developing those cars as endurance races and that's that's what they like to race so that makes perfect sense down to the last 11 and a half minutes as we head up to half past seven may just have cleared a little bit in the distance can't quite see the lights on the coast from here I'm just looking at Across, I can see the Burj Al Arab, but it's lit, lit in uh, a rather fetching red this evening. And that must be the big Burj. Yeah, I can just about see that in the distance, but still murky out there. Back in the pit lane for the triple seven. Lucas Stoltz brought the Tuxport WRT AMG in. It's that uh, lovely sort of shark grey with the Leighton House March bluey green accents on it. He's shaking his hand as if he's maybe jammed his hand in the door or jammed his hand on the steering wheel. Maybe if the steering wheel was pulled out of his grasp. Yeah, it might have been possibly some side-to-side -side contact with the car, well, which uh, yeah. jumped the steering wheel out of his hands. Or it's just related to, a, I don't know, an uncomfortable seat insert or similar. But uh, certainly uncomfortable, uh, Maro Engel looked there, despite his great performance earlier on today, to stick the car on pole position, but by a very, very small margin, which bodes well for the race. You've got to be comfy in a car if you're going to do an hour, two hours, possibly, you know, even longer, although here it is two hours, but is the maximum, of course.
but even just little things most of these cars in fact, all of these cars now I'm trying to think if any of them have got a stick shift I don't think so so they'll all be two pedal cars strange things like making sure that there's enough lumbar support right at the bottom of your back so when you're hitting the brake with your left foot hard that you're not putting the strain on the bottom of your back if you haven't yes. got enough support at the bottom of the seat it's all very well on your thighs and around you know your core area that you expect and you pull your straps down and you get pushed right into the seat but constantly pushing the brake that's as much work as your left legs probably ever done before if you're driving a normal road car most people don't left foot brake in their road car they use it as maybe using a clutch of course but you're hammering these brake pedals even on the ABS cars and you get you get a pain in the base of your, your back if you're not comfy yeah after a relatively short space of time actually and getting a cramp sitting in a race car when you are strapped in and you can't stretch your leg out and you really want oh no I can't I've got a brake or oh it's the right leg I've got an accelerate I can't stretch it out because I don't want to be flat here <laughs> yeah and the fact that you know all the things in the body are connected so uh, the support needs to be obviously deep down in the seat for something like that Bruce has got more for us though down in the pits I'm down at Toxport WRT I've got Patrick Assenheimer but just been watching your driver change practice did I just see Mauro Engel have his door, hand shutting the door? Hand shutting the door? What do you mean? I think it looks as though he's got his hand in an ice bag of ice now. I think when you, he was doing a practice a moment ago, the door closed with his hand in it. Yeah, I think slightly, but um, I don't think it's something uh, really big. Uh, let's hope for, because this would be really cool. But yeah, we're doing a practice, everyone. We're switching around because we have to be as fast as possible for tomorrow's race. And I think we are on a good way, and our performance of the car was also good, so let's hope the best for tomorrow. Yeah, certainly pole position is as good as you can get in qualifying, but uh, of course everyone knows tomorrow there might be something different, a little bit of rain. So can you feel prepared? No, not really, because we don't know. I think maybe a few guys, a hand of guys were here and drove in the rain already, but for, for everyone else, like a lottery so we have to look maybe tomorrow at warm-up uh, we have the luck that it's already raining so maybe we can get one or two laps each driver and then we have to pray that we don't need to have code 60 or a red flag so let's hope that we have a full racing of 24 hour now this evening in in practice we've had a little bit of rain but not one car has gone on to wets how much rain needs to fall how wet does the track need to be before you put some of those precious wet tires on it's difficult to say you you have to wait uh, how much rain the track can absorb and then you have maybe wet spots um, I think it needs a long time because over the whole day you have Sun on the on the tarmac so the tarmac is really really hot so I think it can rain like five minutes and you don't feel it a normal rain not heavy rain uh, but then when the track is cooled down cold down then we have to see Good luck. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, that's a very, very good point that Bruce brought up there, how wet is, is wet. And by the way, we're indebted to both uh, Yoda's uncle, Nick Weird, and one or two others who spotted the slam door on the hands there at RSL underscore studio, hashtag uh, RSL24H. Uh, also, night practice shortened 
from two hours to 1.30, first in 2018, says Yoda's uncle. Thank you. But how wet is wet? That's, that's the great imponderable here, JP, yes. because nobody has got that data. No, and, and a lot of it is dependent, as Patrick Assenheim has just said, on ambient temperature. Mm. And we're, we're still going to have pretty wind healthy as well. uh, ambient temperature and the wind too, yes. Um, not expecting conditions as uh, me and uh, three of the rest of the team experienced at Istanbul getting off a plane <laughs> unexpectedly there. It was bitterly cold. It was like Blackpool Seafront. It was wind, rain right in your face i've we never been to blackpool when it's been anything other than glorious uh you've obviously picked your days very <laughs> cleverly then because <laughs> i've been there when it's been horrendous but then, you know that's that's the there's the plenty of other things Irish on blackpool seafront to warm the cockles of your heart indeed there are yes um uh, but yeah the, here 23 24 degrees celsius um so and, and the fact that, you know, the, the asphalt retains its heat. So yes. if the sun's been beating down through the course of the day, we're not going to have that so much tomorrow. But we have had today, you know, a decent spell of sunshine. So uh, hot, sticky hand-cooked tyres on still probably a warm road surface. And the rain is uh, not quite evaporating as, as soon as it hits the road surface. But it's not having a chance to really affect the racing line. Then again, if you're in traffic and you dart off that crucial racing line, it could be a very different story particularly as you barrel your way down towards turn one, which is downhill on the approach anyway. And there's also, coming out of turn uh, 15, what looks like snow across the road. Well, that's not snow. That is <laughs> what's left of a marker board, which was obliterated by a car a little while ago. And it's left splinters of polystyrene pretty much from left to right. Let's have a quick run through with five, oh, no, three minutes to go now. Uh, TC. Fastest time still in the hands of Rhys Lloyd in that now damaged Peugeot 38 Racing Cup from Nordschleifer Racing, the 172 car, 221.9. TCX, also Nordschleifer Racing, Guillaume Romain uh, put the time in, in the JS2R Ligier, number 226, 216.5. TCR was a 212.928. 212.928, not a Porsche, but a Honda Civic TCR, Andy Yen, uh, Andy Yan, who put that in for K CMG. How did uh, how did Colin White's car go then? Because they were sitting in pole position. They were they, earlier on, yes. Yes, so they're not going as quickly in this session. Okay. Uh, in GTs, GT4, 212.9 for... The number 25, and this is a change now to Hofer Racing by Bunk Motorsport. Michael Schrei in his BMW number 469. Richard Muscat put the fastest time in in the 991 class. That's the GFC LB Living Racing. That's the same car, but I think a different driver for the 904. Uh, Vortex V8 is the best of the GTXs. That's a different car. That's Arno Gomez in the light V8 as it's called now uh, the Vortex number 201 that's the very pleasant blue coloured car 208 flat for that car and in the GT3 categories in Am and Mikael Overgaard Pedersen in the Porsche number 4 from Dynamic Motorsport I have noticed that that car with Manuel Metzger excuse me that's wrong it's the 28 car not the number 4 car uh, I'll come back to that in a moment. So the dynamic car is the best GT3 arm. The best GT3 Pro is the number four Black Falcon with Manuel Metzger, who's put that time in uh, early on in the day. 
Last uh, lap. No, last lap. It was, yeah, because we've now got three PBs at the top of the screen. But he has been warned for consistently disregarding track limits. So I wonder how much further he'll get away with that. Yeah. He's got about a tenth and a half, maybe a bit more, 0.170 seconds on the field, led by the number seven MS7 WRT Audi from Dries Van Tort. Robert Renard, another about the same, actually, 0.165 further back for Herbert Motorsport, at least that car. Yes, that was the best time for that car last time around. Best sectors. Porsche is quick in the first sector, isn't it? Is. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not far off Dries Van Tour's effort on this lap, actually. Dries, uh, nine hundredths of a second uh, slower but can then be faster than the Porsche through the middle sector. This is not too shabby at all from Van Tor Jr. Uh, because the seven car, though second right now and only 0.170 of a second off, um, could leapfrog Mawa Metzger to top of the times in night practice. And just heading now into turn number 16, the final corner on the track is Dries Van Tor for MS7 by WRT. So what can he do through this final sector? He's green through the first, green through the second, and goes to the top by three-tenths of a second. That's a big margin. And that's 159.7. the first sub-two-minute lap that we've had in this session, in a session where you would think normally that... This was more like a race pace, and that's not hanging about, just as the chequered flag has now come out. So Dries will have this lap. One thing I did notice, Johnny, we are privileged to be able to see the onboards. The rear view camera on Dries's Audi is, is hash. It looks, it looks like a Paul Smith design. It's just <laughs> yes. lines of colour. That must be tremendously off-putting uh, for Dries. And I, I, I'm trying to remember which car had an issue with that. I think it might have been the Herbeth car in a race we had earlier the year. And basically, they just taped over it. It was, um, was it the Herbeth car or was it one of the Ferraris? Maybe it was one of the Ferraris yes, it was, at, uh, it was at Mugello, wasn't it? I think that was one of the cameras or one of the screens that actually sits on the dash rather yes, than correct. on the roof. But yes. And they just basically put black tape over it. Yeah. That, that's going to catch your eye. That's Not horrible. Very much so. That's horrible. He needs a mechanic to get on the roof and re-angle the aerial. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. Like when it's you a used to tune TV, isn't it? But you, I'm, this is before you were born, obviously. <laughs> but when we used to have family holidays on the cheap, and you would take your own telly with you to a place you knew didn't have a telly. You know, you rent a, a cottage up in Scotland on a farm. It wouldn't have a telly, so you'd take your telly with you, and you'd take a length of coax and string it up outside in the trees or whatever, and literally, you'd be doing, how's that now? How's that now? Don't move, don't move. Bit to the left. Yeah, exactly. Uh, go yeah. back, go back a bit. Now stay there for the next hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Want to watch the horse of the year show? Don't move. <laughs> Check and flag is out. Trees Van Til won't bother coming to the line. He's in the pit lane in that uh, lovely dark grey, uh, green and white Audi really suits that colourway and I think he's going to have the fastest time right at the end though he was pushed by Manuel Metzger got to within 0 0.086 of a second only two cars JP under the two minute mark and Metzger then with three 
German marks in the top three, separated by six tenths of a second, and the top two by less than a full tenth. Seven, four, and 91, Johnny, are the top three. That's a decent shout, actually, about it being race pace, because the fastest lap in last year's race was set, actually, by the eventual winner, the Audi R8 from Car Collection, a 158.6. But if you can be ticking off lap times a second slower than that, 159.7 for Dries Vantor, 159.8 for Manuel Metzger, then that's very, very good race pace, particularly um, later on in the stint when the tyres have worn, yes, but the tank is getting lighter. And if you can start to tick off laps like that regularly, sub two minutes, then you're going to be there or thereabouts in the right sort of ballpark. So absolute best times through sectors one and three for Manuel Metzger, but it was a very good middle sector for Dries Vantor where he found the bulk of the time to go quicker. But yeah, 86 thousandths of a second. That rings a, that, uh, rings a bell as, as far as a, a gap between two cars last time. It might have been 82 thousandths of a second, actually. Uh, it was around about It was 89, that. wasn't it? Okay, I yeah. think it was 89. But, I mean, that is just phenomenally close between an Audi and a Mercedes and although we did have Audis involved I think the best at the end of qualifying earlier on was fifth so to be top now mm. clearly MS7 by WRT have done a bit of tweaking I mean this isn't oh. the same sort of pace as we saw earlier on because obviously we've had a wet racetrack to contend with stung by the criticism <laughs> as we did the rundown of the class pole sitters cws engineering came out right at the end and jean-francois bernard in the Ginetta g55 number 278 put in a 216 flat which nicked them back the tcx uh, fastest time uh, of the evening. The others having stayed the same. Yes, everybody else. Oh, no, that's not true. GT4's changed as well. Rahel Fry uh, in uh, the Audi R8 LMS GT4 Evo uh, from Hyder Motorsports did a 2.12.4. So TCX and GT4 changing right at the end, but nobody any better than Dries Vantor. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.